Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Ravens took down the Saints in impressive fashion on Monday night football, despite New Orleans desperately needing a win. College basketball is back, and we have the big storylines to watch as another season starts. And the Colts shocked the NFL world with how they handled their coaching change. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The New Orleans Saints desperately needed a win on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens at home. They couldn't get it done. Baltimore just too much. 27-13. to 13. Andy Dalton and company overmatched at home in this one. And from that home, our pal Ross Jackson is in New Orleans. Uh, and, and he was, he bore witness to this game. Uh, maybe unfortunately for him, he joins us now. Ross, this is a Saints team that made moves in the offseason that we talked about on this show were all in kind of moves. The season has not gone that way. What happened on Monday? And we'll get to the big picture part. What happened on Monday night? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the big picture part because the Saints might have made a lot of all-in moves, but they are not with an all-in quarterback at Mm. at the moment, which is the deciding factor in many of these games. But on Monday, this was a team, the New Orleans Saints, that was simply out-physicalized, out-played, out-matched, out-coached by a Baltimore Ravens team that came in and did exactly every step of the way what it is that makes the Baltimore Ravens the Baltimore Ravens. They control time of possession by more than 15 minutes. They possess the mm. ball by more than a quarter in this game. Uh, they were able to you know, continue to pick up yards on the ground. They were uh, outstanding on third down while playing very good defense and forcing New Orleans Saints to do none of those things. The Saints could not extend drives. They could not convert third downs. The offense could not stay on the field. Even their special teams was off. This was a game that was lost because the New Orleans Saints could not execute in any of the three phases of the game. It was a rough one. It was a rough one for sure here in uh, New Orleans, Peter. So we talked about this on this show a couple months ago about this this all-in mentality. And, and we talked about it on our draft show on draft night when they trade up, they make the Chris Olave move. By the way, Chris Olave, probably the most consistent player on this offense. Without a doubt. All, all things considered. And so, okay, good move in a vacuum. But how do you view this offseason now, given that they stand here now, three and six. Now, they're still in the mix in the NFC South because the NFC South is a clown car. But how do you view the offseason any differently now than than you did maybe in April, May? I got to say, I don't view the offseason too entirely differently. I, I think that the moves that they made were the smart moves for an organization that thought that they could be competitive in 2022. The issue is that they couldn't actually be competitive in 2022. <laughs> so it's more so about what the moves sort of haven't yielded thus far or really I guess really it's about how the team hasn't been able to truly take advantage of the moves that they made in the way that they thought they'd be able to. I mean, this is a team that lacks a quarterback. This is a team that right now uh, has a lot of questions circulating around its head coach. This is a team that has not been able to uh, put together games where they're not shooting themselves in the foot. They did it, but they did it against the Las Vegas Raiders. And now that's sort of feeling like a mirage, right? Was that a game to where the Raiders just made the Saints look better than the Saints actually are, you're starting to find all the reasons to say yes. So I do think that the Saints 
made the, I, you know, I still feel the same way about their offseason that they made the moves that they should have made for a team that believed that they were all in the issue is that the New Orleans Saints can't be all in when they're out here losing games like they did tonight can I interest you in a gently used four-time MVP quarterback that no longer looks like he has any interest in in being out there I would take a um this team should take a remarkably used overused four-time MVP. I mean, you have to do something here during the offseason in terms of overhauling quarterback because the Saints do not have an answer in the building right now at the most important position in football. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, we get ready for another exciting college basketball season. But first, we look at some concerning news for the Buffalo Bills. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. A few hockey lines to keep an eye on. The Golden Knights on the road against the Maple Leafs. Bet Online has Toronto on the money line, minus 116. The Winnipeg Jets are slight home dogs to the Dallas Stars. Bet Online has the Jets plus 101 to win. And the Nashville Predators are in the Pacific Northwest to face the Seattle Kraken. I just love saying. Kraken every time the Seattle Kraken such a cool name such a cool nickname bet online likes the Kraken to win minus 116 on the money line bet online where the game starts now here's what you need to be locked on today the preseason AFC favorites may be in a bit of trouble Bills quarterback Josh Allen is getting examined for a UCL injury to his throwing elbow You may have heard of this type of injury in baseball pitchers. It requires Tommy John surgery, which keeps pitchers out of commission for at least 12 months. You do not want to hear the phrase Tommy John surgery anywhere near a professional athlete who throws a ball, whether it's a baseball or a football. The Bills are not ready to comment on the severity. Head coach Sean McDermott said, we're just going through it, still evaluating it, and we'll see where it goes. Allen suffered the injury during the last drive of the team's 20-17 loss to the New York Jets. Jets defensive lineman Bryce Huff hit Allen's throwing arm, which resulted in a strip sack recovered by Buffalo. The quarterback threw a long pass that looked off target to wide receiver Stephon Diggs on the following play, and then was seen holding his right elbow and trying to shake out the arm. He, of course, at the end of that game, threw about a 70-yard desperation heave. So we'll see if this is something he can play through or not. The New York Giants will be without safety Xavier McKinney for a few weeks. McKinney suffered the injury during an ATV accident in Cabo during the bye week. Brutal. Locked on Giants host Patricia Trena has more. New York Giants safety Xavier McKinney suffers an injury that will keep him out a few weeks. Hi, everybody. Patricia Trainer reporting. And the New York Giants had a bye week last week. So you would think that everybody would be safe and sound and free of injury, right? Well, unfortunately, that's not the case. As New York Giants safety, Xavier McKinney, who went away on a vacation to Cabo in Mexico, suffered a hand injury while doing a guided sightseeing tour on ATVs. Now, McKinney, who posted the news on his social media account, his verified social media account, said that he had an injury that injured his hand and it will keep him sidelined, quote, for a few weeks, end quote. The injury was verified by a source familiar with the situation, although the source didn't know how long McKinney would be sidelined. Now, the safety, from what I understand, is being examined by doctors and the Giants, they're just going to have to pick up and and, uh, carry forward without McKinney for the time being. Now, what are their options? Well, McKinney, remember, 
was the play caller for the Giants on the defensive side of the ball. That role will probably go to Julian Love, who is uh, McKinney's partner, if you will, at safety. For more on the New York Giants, including this story, keep it here on the Locked On Giants podcast. The Dallas Mavericks hosted the Brooklyn Nets and all their baggage on Monday night. The Dallas Mavericks get another clutch win. Nick Angstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here. And Luka Doncic goes off for 36 points, 6 boards, 6 assists. His eighth straight game to start the season with 30-plus points. Only Wilt Chamberlain has done that in more games to start the season. An incredible mark. But in this game, it was the trapping and it was the doubling from Brooklyn that forced Luka's hand and allowed Josh Green... 16 points close to his career high an incredible game from him he ended up closing the game late for the mavericks and just some bad decision making bad turnovers back and forth forced this game to be closer than it should have been about 10 point lead with about two minutes left for the mavericks and they just stopped playing offense they stopped playing exactly what where they need to play and they had some mistakes. Kevin Durant's going to take advantage of those mistakes for Brooklyn. He had an incredible game. Guarded Luka Doncic for the entire second half. An incredible effort from KD. But the Mavericks were able to pull this one off in the clutch. Woo. John Morant and the Grizz hosted Jalen Brown and the Celts. Memphis made it interesting, but the Boston Celtics have now won three straight. I'm John Corrales of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Two reasons why the Celtics won this game. Number one, Jason Tatum, MVP-level performance, 39 points. The impressive part about this is that he didn't shoot well from three. Only three of 11, but 12 of 16 from the line. Another 16 free throws. Jason Tatum is leveling up, getting to the rim aggressively, and getting the foul calls that he hasn't gotten in the past. Then Marcus Smart, 12 assists after an 11 assist night and a couple of turnovers. He's only had three turnovers and 23 assists in the last two games. He was brilliant. Memphis made a late run. The Celtics were able to hold him off. They are now seven and three, three in a row. I'm going to be talking about it on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. And the New Orleans Pelicans traveled north to battle the Indiana Pacers. Tony East, host of Locked On Pacers here inside Gamebridge Fieldhouse where the Pacers just handled the New Orleans Pelicans on their way to a 129-122 win. And Miles Turner showed what he can do at his absolute best in this game. 37 points, the second most he scored in a single game in his entire career. 12 rebounds, 3 blocks as the Pacers beat the Pelicans. And he eclipsed 1,000 career blocks in this game. Did it all on both ends. Defended Zion Williamson, hit some threes, was their post-up man down the stretch, and 11 shots from the foul line. Turner was truly excellent in this game. Tyrese Halliburton had a double-double as well. Pacers, one of their most complete performances of the season beating the Western Conference team that has been pretty good this year in New Orleans. So Pacers have a lot to build on in this game, and they're back to 500 for the first time since February of 2021. We'll break all that down and more on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. Here is another story you need to know. The college basketball season in 2022 is going to look different than it has for about three decades. No Coach K at Duke, no Bill Self at Kansas to open the season, though he will be back at some point amid scandal. Joining me now to talk about the big storylines as college basketball gets back underway, Isaac Shade from Locked on College Basketball, a podcast we would love for you to subscribe to and check out. Isaac, what are the big storylines that you have your eye on here the first couple weeks? Well, you just hit on a big part of it there, Peter, is 
man, we've got some big turnover at some big blue blood programs. Obviously, last year we had Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams at North Carolina. Now we've got John Shire stepping in for Coach K. And let's not forget, Jay Wright is now retired at Villanova. We've got Kyle Neptune coming in there. And so, man, that is a big storyline is now who are the uh, the patriarchs, the, the regents of college basketball? Is it Mark Few? Is it Bill Self? Um, when he's back in Kansas, you know, we're going to see a lot of these cases are coming down. Louisville just got off pretty much scot-free. Uh, I'm rushing out to hire Rick Pitino if I am any AD in need of a new head coach right now. So, yeah, a lot of interesting things going on in the head coaching realm. In terms of players, the big storyline is what NIL has done to keep a lot of the best players in college basketball. Mm. You could very easily this season have a first-team All-American made up of entirely traditional bigs. Why? Because the NBA don't want them, but NCAA loves them. So you've got returning National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway. You've got another candidate for that up at Gonzaga in Drew Timmy, who's coming back. Um, Armando Baycott at North Carolina, you, you know, just made a name for himself. First player in NCAA history with six double doubles in the NCAA tournament. You've got Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana, and the list goes on. How, how do you see this playing out over time? Because it feels very weird to go into a college basketball season and have like the top three or four, maybe. NBA prospects not be in college basketball. First and foremost, Victor Wembenyama, who is playing in Europe, and then Scoot Henderson. It is it is a weird thing to to be happening. But we've always said with the one and done problem that such that you think it's a problem, right? Is that you're you're not getting the same sort of storylines. The Drew Timmies are fewer and far between. If name and likeness allows players to stay in college, maybe we're actually going to get better play in college basketball tournaments, better, better familiarity with these players. Like what are the, what are the pros, big pros and cons that you see here? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the co the pros are what you just hit on there, Peter, is that you do know the names coming back more consistently because the money, quite frankly, for these guys who aren't going to be high lottery picks or even first round picks, the money is better in college because of name, image, and likeness. Now, the con is very easily, very clearly that the NCAA has drugged their feet on this whole thing for years and only came into it kicking and screaming because <laughs> states like California, uh, yeah. like through legal matters, through using law, said, hey, we as a state are coming into name, image and likeness. We're going to allow our colleges and universities to do it. And if you don't like it, then you're going to have to kick them out or not allow them to participate in NCAA tournaments and things like that. And I don't think you want that because you think of all the California schools that would leave out. And so the con is that the NCAA once again has completely bungled this whole thing. And so now it leaves us all wondering, like, how on earth can we start to like put the toothpaste back in the tube and get some rules and regulations around NIL so that it's not just the wild, wild west. But man, it is so great to have so many of the biggest names saying, I'm going to come back. E even some of those who would have been high draft picks because the money is so good and so relevant. Stay up to date all here on the NCAA men's basketball side by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On College Basketball on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Colts shocked everyone with the way they handled their latest transfer of power 
at the head coaching position. Frank Reich never could figure out who should be the Colts' signal caller. That, more than most things, led to his firing, but it was what the Colts did after Reich's firing that has everyone, including Locked On Colts' Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks, going, what happened? <laughs> but anyway, no, like this is, like, I know I'm laughing about it, but this is like absurd dysfunction. And I've seen dysfunction before. And and then you just add to that dysfunction by bringing in an ESPN analysis or analyst or whatever who has only coached high school football. Like, don't get me wrong. Jeff Saturday, I think he's a great football mind. I love hearing him talk. He's awesome on ESPN. This is this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy to bring in a guy who last played for your organization 10 years ago. You know, yes, he's an ESPN guy, but like he hasn't coached in the NFL before. He hasn't coached even at the college level. And you're bringing him in to be your interim coach when he has nothing connected to the rest of the team. Now, maybe he's just here to evaluate the roster for Ursay. But even if that's the case, you're bringing in an ESPN analyst or analyst or whatever. I cannot get that word right. You're bringing in an ESPN analyst who used to play for your team over a decade ago to evaluate your roster. Like, it's just, it's next level dysfunction. It's next level dysfunction. Now, I'm not saying yeah. that any of these moves have been absurdly wrong or, or horrible moves, but... It is insane to see this in a three-week span, just fall guy, fall guy, fall guy, fall guy, scapegoat, scapegoat, and then jumping to the next thing that just still doesn't make any sense. Not even giving a chance for your your weird move from the week before to to play out. Like there's there's no chance. It's literally we're gonna make this rash decision, and we need it to fix everything, or someone else is getting fired. Like if Jeff, how long does Jeff Saturday last? One week, two weeks before he gets no. fired? Like, <laughs> and beyond the weirdness. There is something just wrong with how this was all handled. Jeff Saturday, when asked by Jim Irsay to be the interim coach, said why? Why was he being considered? And this is an important question. It is a vital question. And Jim Irsay, when asked about the Rooney Rule that requires teams to meet with minority candidates, because this is an interim coach, they don't have to meet the same sorts of requirements. Ursay essentially hand waved them, saying this is a media-driven idea that only when the media holds teams accountable are they actually held accountable. But here is something to consider. It wasn't that long ago. In fact, just a week ago, the Colts fired Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, the kind of coach who would have been in line to be the interim coach when Frank Reich's job is ultimately lost. Marcus Brady is an African-American coach. The Colts receivers coach is Reggie Wayne. Jeff Saturday, who becomes the interim coach, is hired presumably because he has the favor of the owner and because he is a beloved figure in Indianapolis, a beloved Colt. They had a beloved Colt on the coaching staff, someone with coaching experience, NFL coaching experience. Jeff Saturday has none of it. So when minority candidates like Brian Flores, who is still suing the NFL over the treatment of minority hires, say this all is not working for people who look like them, listen, because this, the way this was all handled in Indianapolis is a perfect Example of why. And finally, the Fenway Sports Group has put the English Premier League club Liverpool up 
for sale. Not that big a deal, right? Liverpool, you probably make billions of dollars on that. Maybe a bigger deal in American sports when you consider Fenway Sports Group owns, you guessed it, the Boston Red Sox, who have two star players in need of new contracts. Shortstop Xander Bogarts is a free agent, and third baseman Rafael Devers will be a free agent after next season. After the debacle that was trading away Mookie Betts, it's hard to imagine the Red Sox also let these guys go, and the sale of Liverpool would give them a little bit of cash to play with in negotiations. If they still don't pay up, can't imagine Red Sox fans taking that lightly. We'll see. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, just how serious is this news about Josh Allen? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.